0: Today we'll continue with a review of some basic ideas, but with uh, perhaps a different perspective uh, from when I originally introduced these ideas. And I'll start today with the very basic question that a lot of people ask themselves. So what happens when you die? Before I discuss that, I'm going to state that death is not the same for everyone. And in fact, the death experience is just as individualized uh, as the experience of our souls when we are in the body. Now, a lot of people think that having a near-death experience, which a number of people have had, they think that that's the same thing as being dead. Well, it's not. It's like a short sightseeing trip compared to living an entire lifetime in a foreign country. A lot of people, though, are interested in what happens when we die. And uh, the entity Seth, in the book Seth Speaks, he gave some excellent descriptions that uh, will help us understand a lot more about the death experience. First, he reminds us that our waking consciousness, our waking consciousness, that's the consciousness we have when we're alive, which we think is steady and continuous, actually it is pulsing blinking on and off at speeds so fast that we cannot perceive the gaps. This doesn't change the fact, he said, that we are in the off mode about half the time, where our consciousness is not focused in this physical reality. In dreams, we are in the off mode for longer periods, where our consciousness is focused in other realities. So what we call death then is just a longer period where our consciousness is not specifically focused in this earth-based material reality. That doesn't mean it's not focused in some other reality. Often in death, we will be greeted by people in spirit form who are there to welcome us. It could be people close to us in our most recent life or in past lives. Or just as often, we'll be greeted by spirit guides who take on the form of our loved ones and play the role of being them. Gradually, we are informed of the true nature of our spirit being and the pretenses can be dropped. Now, progress along these lines is not the same for everyone, as I mentioned. Those with rigid beliefs about what heaven or hell should be will make slower progress because they're so fixated on those beliefs that it takes them more time so to speak to (laughs) to explain true realities to them but they make progress nevertheless like those used car places that advertise everybody rides after we die everybody makes progress it's just at vastly different rates now there's another point we consider ourselves to be dependent on our one physical image. When we die, our consciousness expands and we realize we're not dependent on any image at all. In fact, most of us will eventually adopt the form we had when we were at the peak of our physical or spiritual development in our most recent life. And we keep that form for some time until we gradually take on a finer spirit form as fits our purposes and our progress level. Now, the next point this point is important. Even in life, though we might not realize it, we form what we experience according to our beliefs and expectations. That's been noted in a number of previous podcasts. It sometimes takes a while. For our thoughts and expectations to materialize in our physical lives but once we die no delays we immediately experience what we focus on and expect now once the newly dead get the hang of it they start creating all kinds of fantastic realities filled with immense estates super powerful, 60-foot-long autos, idyllic mountain and seaside environments, attractive cities, and much more. Now, this is what Bob Monroe called the belief system territories, where souls were exercising their abilities to create through thoughts and beliefs, whatever they like. With their thoughts and beliefs, they could create whatever they like. Now, to the stereotyped version of heaven where people think they will sit around and just adore God, sorry. As mentioned in a previous podcast, Seth offers no hope for the lazy. Once you get past the belief system territories, there are a huge number of challenges and decisions to make. And then you go about studying or learning whatever skills and traits you want to develop. It's easier than it is here, but it's challenging nevertheless. Some will want to prepare for their next incarnation. Some will want to redo and perfect their immediate past life in the spirit mode, Um, not the physical. We can't go back to the physical as we were, but they want to rectify it in 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 the spirit life. Some might even decide to leave the incarnational existences altogether. As I said, death is not the same for everyone any more than life is. Now, at this, quote, time between lives, assuming that you'll experience time to some degree, at this time between lives, as you go about preparing, you become more fully aware of all your incarnations and all your probabilities and all the incarnations of your big self, of whom you are an integral part. You're not different from your big self. You are your big self playing a role as a uh, focused personality in the earth life. Right? So <clears throat> you'll have a sound perspective from which to make your choice as to your next steps in your path of progress. Now here's a positive and at the same time challenging note. Most after-death environments are not somber at all, but rather joyous and intense. I call it the big after-death party. Spirits enjoying all kinds of stimulating experiences. So what's the challenging part? Well, learning how to use our new freedoms to create. In existences where entirely new laws apply in terms of basic assumptions, that uh, learning process and, and, and learning how to use those freedoms to create, that can be challenging. You can be where you want, when you want, doing what you want, but at some point you understand you need to focus on creating abilities and traits that will serve you well in your overall progress. Now one last embarrassing thing, I think it's embarrassing anyway. In the death environment, telepathy works all the time. That means other spirits will immediately know what you think about them. You can't hide your emotions and feelings. There's absolutely no hypocrisy. Now, can you imagine how awkward it would be if that were an operating principle on Earth as we know it right now? (laughs) Well, all that should give you some idea of what to expect after you die. But please remember, your immediate after-death experience will be formed largely according to the beliefs and expectations that you bring to the party. So if at your death, if you think there's no consciousness after death, that's what you'll experience for some time, until a guide helps you realize you've got lots to do. And if you expect pearly gates, they will be materialized for you. If you believe you're going to hell with lots of scary monsters, then for a time you'll experience some version of that as well. But souls in that condition are usually quickly apprised of the real situation by guides, whose job it is to help them. And, then they begin to make progress. So give some thought to what you expect after you die and try to be positive. It can only help. All right, let me turn now to another idea and that is karma. A lot of people think they're at the mercy of karma or childhood experiences. So believing that, uh, these people who believe that karma applies they think, well, we have to undergo unpleasant experiences in this life to make up for our failings in a past life or lives. Now, many sources tell us that is not so. And uh, there are a variety of books, some of which I've written that you can read about, uh, but there are many, many uh, sources that tell you that simply doesn't exist. Now. All of these people tend to agree the period in between lives is, after some initial adjustments, a time of choosing. Depending on your circumstances, you might choose not to have another physical existence. Or if you do, you might choose to develop one or more abilities, either in a balanced way or with emphasis on just one skill or talent at the temporary expense of other abilities you'll also choose the circumstances of your birth, depending upon, upon what you want to do in the, quote, next life. You'll be choosing your gender, your parents, the country and culture in which you'll exist, whether you'll be wealthy, poor, or somewhere between the two, and so forth. The point is, you choose, and you are not forced to choose a life where you suffer a lot. I'm going to point that out. The point is, you choose... And you are not forced to choose a life where you are where you suffer a lot. Right? Now you might choose such a life for any number of reasons, but you're not forced to. You choose to. So karma really doesn't apply. And remember, the point of power for all of us is the present moment. At any moment we can decide what kind of future we will bring into our experience. So we do not need to remain limited or scarred by childhood experiences. We exist in an open reality. Time is open. At any point in it, we can focus with sufficient intensity to change the past and the future which most impact our present. We are never at the mercy of anything except our own ability to create what we choose. Now I'd like to turn to a discussion of Focus 27. In rereading some of Bob Monroe's books, I was reminded how he and his team of explorers in the vast regions of consciousness were able to locate and experience Focus 27 and then lead recently, quote, dead spirits to it. Spirits who either did not know they were dead or seemed lost. Now, Focus 27 is a beautiful and peaceful park-like setting that seems to stretch on endlessly. It is a, quote, place, more accurately, a, quote, plane, um, or an intense focus in a certain frequency. So it's a place where souls can go to rest up and gather themselves after departing from the physical body. Uh, To them, it would seem like a place. Usually they will still have the form of a finer body. Now, from that beautiful uh, restful place, from that point, once they're ready, they will choose what they want to experience next, right? It might be a training of some sort to help them for their next incarnation or perhaps a respite from the incarnational phase or it could be something else. It's reassuring to know that there is such a, quote, place or at least such a focus of consciousness that enables us to relax enjoy, gather our strength and balance, and take our, quote, time about deciding what to do, quote, next. So remember, if anyone is worried about dying, you can tell them to just concentrate on focus 27, which will make it more likely that a spirit guide will take them there soon after they transition to spirit. I'm right? And this will minimize the chances of their spending time lost in the maze of afterlife options and experiences. So again, if anyone's worried about dying, tell them to just concentrate on Focus 27. Now it's interesting to think about Focus 27 and the year 2075 at the same time. Now, as you know, and as I've discussed uh, recently here, um that at that time the entity uh, will be carna- <laughs> the entity will be uh, incarnated once again, who will help a large portion of humanity understand that they're eternal spirits, only playing a temporary role, and that their true nature is much larger and more powerful than they ever imagined, and that they do indeed co-create at deeper levels of their consciousness, the reality they experience now that entity is saul who became paul the third part of the jesus christ entity that i've mentioned and so <clears throat> many of us will understand you know that we're spirits just playing temporary roles and that we're really powerful eternal spirits and we do indeed create the reality we experience so When a lot of us are aware of these basics as to who we are and why we're here, the question comes, will it still be necessary to spend time in Focus 27 in order to adjust? Well, I personally suspect that it will be, and I'm happy about that. I personally look forward to enjoying such an idyllic existence as that in Focus 27, and I'm happy to take whatever time is necessary in my continuing growth as a spirit To make the adjustments. Now even if it won't be necessary, it will still be enjoyable. A great way to get ready for the unimaginably joyous experiences that await us as we expand our conscious awareness and realize that we can create whatever forms and illusions we like as we figure out which avenues we'll individually take to continue our journey as ever-growing spirits. All right, and with that, I'll, and I'll conclude today's discussion. Uh, and in the next uh, discussion, I'll address some more basic ideas, but with perhaps a little different perspective. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you Lessons from the Hopeful Dead.